All right. Uh, it was quite a big day for news yesterday and overnight, and we're glad that we've got a great guest to walk us through it, uh, starting with Enzio Von File, wealth investment strategist and Money Talk stalwart. Good morning, Enzio. Good morning to you. Hey, we've also got Frederick Chu, Managing Director at Magnum Research. Good morning, Frederick. Hi, good morning, gentlemen. All right. Uh, let's talk about the Federal Reserve Chairman says, if then, if the economic data continues to be strong, then I am going to be raising rates. Uh, Enzio... Any surprises for you? No, because they continue on this, I think, somewhat erroneous track, thinking that its inflation is solely because too much money is chasing too few goods. Um, listeners know that I felt for a good year and a half that the Fed funds would reach 6% precisely because they're making this policy mistake of, of adamantly refusing to look at the supply side of the equation, the war in Ukraine driving up food prices, the weather driving food prices, bird flu driving up egg prices, changed work habits, meaning that people simply don't want jobs. Um, and I think that these things, these supply constraints cannot be cured by tighter money. So he's going to continue with his board doggedly pursuing too much money, chasing too few goods, very much um, to his own detriment. Uh, Frederick Chu, the, the end of the world as we know it, do you feel fine? What, what do you think? <laughs> I, it's obviously not a good thing for uh, what, what the equity investors is looking at, but I think uh, the market has been digesting on that basis uh, for the past, you know, at least uh, several weeks. I mean, um, uh, the March uh, is going to get another 50 basis point, uh, you know, and U.S., it's probably whether you say it's prolonging the um, potential recession to come or is really on the strong track. I'm, I'm sure that, you know, you, you have a very good just, uh, uh, you know, everyone will have a, a very good judgment on that. I mean, but it, it seems like some major economies are starting to diverge from the Fed. Korea, I'm thinking Korea, Canada. Uh, I mean, NZO, are we, are we going to see more of this kind of divergence between uh, different, different national, different major economies? Sure, because I think that there's the economic time, the economic clock will be changing. I think with the U.S., you will find an increasing excess demand for money because they've been they've been tightening that balance sheet for some weeks now. It's only kind of new that they've been doing that. Whilst in places like China, they of course want an excess supply of money to crank up the economy. Mm. Uh, speaking of money in China, uh, big news in terms of restructuring the regulatory environment in China. Uh, Frederick, what's, what's your take on these, on these announcements of all these different changes that are coming down the pike? It's been coming, uh, you know, uh, prior to the two sessions. I mean, the, um, the uh, president, she has been, you know, explicitly, um, you know, uh, putting my concerns over how the uh, financial market, obviously, it's, it's, uh, it's working uh, at the moment. And most importantly, uh, the non-financial companies are tapping into the financial industry without being, you know, a proper oversight by the uh, market uh, regulators. I think that's, that's the biggest thing that, that concerns him or concerns the entire market. If you look at, um, you know, in, in China, many, many, uh, you know, uh, uh, non-financial like conglomerates can, can, be, can be performing, um, you know, f uh, yeah, financial works directly or indirectly in terms of, you know, investments or distributions and so on and so forth. So I think, um, you know, if you want to reform the entire CSRC, it's probably, you know, difficult to rebuild something over existing bureaucracy but if you try to extract some of the core functions out from it and become a more you know um, target 
targeting, uh, you know, uh, regulator, uh, regulatory function, then, then I think, well, you know, it's, it's, it's a good thing to the, uh, to, uh, you know, the, the, some of the market aspects. Mm-hmm. Enzio? Well, I think that it, I, I agree with Frederick. I just think that with China's capital market now being the second largest in the world, 80 trillion worth of stocks, A shares, and about um, 126 trillion worth of bonds, I think that they do need to up their ante on the regulatory side of things. We've, of course, had various crises going on in China that we all know about with with these local government financing vehicles, with the financial crisis, Baoshang Bank and Hangfeng Bank. So I think that they do need, and that they're correctly doing this to to consolidate this effort into one set of hands. We, you know, we had Peter uh, Churchhouse on the show on Tuesday, and he thought the uh, local government financing vehicles were a big, <laughs> he, I think he called them, what do you call them, a, a hidden bomb? Some, something along those lines. He basically said that they were a disaster waiting to happen, and, and nobody was really sure what the scope of that would be. Is, there, is, that, is this new... Is, is in terms of how they fit into the new regulatory regime, uh, is this an indication that China recognizes that and they're 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 kind of girding their loins to deal with it? I think so. I think that because they know that I mean, according to the Economist of a, of a week ago, the suggested figure of corporate bonds outstanding is fifty trillion won. It's not the reported um thirteen point six trillion. So because there's a lot of funny stuff going on with these local government financing vehicles. So I agree with my friend Peter that it's a tipping it's a ticking time bomb. But I would also add that the Chinese authorities are aware of this and now they're attacking the issue, which is great. Yeah. Um are, are they you concerned that you know, as China moves to close the gaps in the regulatory environment to kind of catch creative new ventures, I think like like when, when uh, mm. Ant Financial went to have their IPO and then all of a sudden that the regulators looked at it and said, we don't actually understand what these guys are doing or, or how much money is mm. floating around in their system. Um, but I mean, if, if they're going to close all the gaps, uh, is this going to be a drag on creativity and innovation in the in the financial sector? Needn't be. I'm not sure that they're going to. I'm not versed in, in the the details, but I'm not thinking that they're going to close all the gaps. I think they just want to make sure that this thing is done sort of more holistically and in in gets gets some gestalt, some contours around it, as opposed to just being a little bit of a free for all. Yeah, and Frederick, what do you, what do you think? Of, what's your outlook for the financial sector under this new regime? Yeah, I, I think so too. You, you, you're not going to close all the gaps. To be honest, I think uh, what the uh, government is really focusing on is, you know, some of the tech companies being too much uh, expanding into uh, some fields that's you know non related to their core business. Or it's it's okay for you to tap into uh, the financial industry, but you just have to do it. Uh, in a way that the government has an oversight on, if you know what I mean. So, um, if you if if there are too much leeways that you can you can um, you can uh, uh, um, you know go through into, I, I think the government doesn't like it. Were, were either of you surprised at the uh, suggestion that the PBOC was going to have a reduced role? It's cutting staff. It's getting rid of some of the county level outposts. I mean, uh, you know, the, the almighty PBOC is uh, really seems to have taken a bit of a a bit of a hit in this one in terms of prestige and, and uh, realms of control. Uh, was that a surprise for either of you? Yeah, I, I think the, you know, reducing the bureaucracy, it, it's, a good, it's a good sign. What, what we probably need to put, uh, you know, most attention to is the creation of the new 
uh, function out from CSRC uh, for the uh, for the oversight of the uh, financial events uh, because it could be two 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 sort of things. One, it's you know th- the reason why why they extract out from the CSRC is they somehow believe that if you if you're finding financial experts to regulate the financial markets, that would cause a lot of conflict of interest. Now that true or not, uh, it's it's just their mentality. So, you know, the one thing that could affect is the power of CSRC and, and the scope and also the scope of the uh, newly created entity. Okay. And you? Yeah, I, I agree with that. I think it's, it's again, I, I think that they're just, it's, it's a bit of a catch-up game. I think that they, they recognize issues going on in China and they want to tighten up a little bit. Of course, there's always going to be overshoot on both sides, either undershoot or overshoot. Now we're moving into overshoot time. In other words, they'll probably be tightening up a little bit too much, but that happens anywhere. There's nothing Chinese about that one. Hmm. Okay. So, I mean, I mean, we're going to keep an eye on that because it seems like uh, after they kind of set the direction over the weekend, the, the pronouncements about what is actually happening is, is those, those pronouncements are coming fast and furious. Uh, switching gears a little bit, uh, we got some European data in and... Eh. <laughs> I mean, like, no. like kinda, it's very rare. You see them hit zero, like no, oh, no growth, no, <laughs> no growth. Who reads Europe, yeah. Yeah, no, not no. a recession, technically. Enzio? Well, technically, no, but I mean, having lived there for so long, it has Europe has great cultural advantages, but it just is not the, the hot place where you're going to be doing business because, frankly, the taxes are so high, why even work? It just doesn't make any sense. And then it gets, it gets spent out in social welfare. So there's very little incentive to really work in Europe, and that makes it, in my mind, the world's most dangerous geopolitical place around, worse than Taiwan, worse than the Ukraine, because nobody's talking about it. Yeah, Frederick, do you, do you see any bright spots there? Yeah, I, I think that Europe uh, you know, is, is having a much bigger headwind uh, due to the uh, Ukraine uh, situation. So it, it's going gonna, it's gonna to persist for some time, to be honest. And I mean, I mean, even with kind of anemic growth, uh, it looks like the European Central Bank is still insisting that they are going to uh, crank, crank up the interest rates American style. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I mean, what, what's your take on what that means either for, for the economy or for, say, bond markets there? I think it's a dilemma for the uh, ECB whether to follow the U.S. way or not. Uh, obviously, they choose the um, to ch- choose to follow the uh, the uh, the uh, you know the the Fed cycle, uh, which is going to you know put even more headwinds towards the economy and uh, and the people's life. It's again, it's 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 fighting the it's fighting yesterday's war. There's not just too much money chasing too few goods. There's some very strong structural reasons. I'm also amazed that they're not using the EU's considerable grain reserves to battle that problem. But then I guess that wouldn't be in their interest. So I'm afraid that it's it's just the mess just continues in Europe, and they don't. And and the, the other thing is that they have to raise rates because otherwise the Europe the euro will probably fall quite strongly, and that then would heat up imported inflation. Mm. All right, guys, uh, we got we got just about a minute and a half left. Um, I do want to get because it's their big local stories. Uh, and Enzi, I know you're the big you're the big picture guy, so I'm not going to put you on the spot for this Thank one. You. But, but Frederick, Frederick, you're going to be on the hot seat. Uh, take your Good. pick, Cathay or TVB. Talk about our local Canto pop stars. What what is going on with this stock? I, I would love to go again uh, on, on on the TVB because the stock coat is uh, having the same birthday as mine. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. Well, I, I think that it's obviously very spectacular. 
speculative. I think the story behind is the deal with Taobao, which has to do with you know the consumer behavior in China. Um, and the way that the products are being sold successfully through these, uh, you know, uh, uh, online KOLs uh, who has millions of followers. Now, the, the recently the Chinese have been cracked. The Chinese authority has been uh, limiting what these uh, KOL can be rewarded. So I think changing to a more, you know, traditional and more legitimate platform as, as a TV. Uh, you know, a platform with, you know, the, the, the TV stars being well recognized also in the mainland market. I think that's a, that's a good gimmick. Um, and that obviously we have, uh, you know, uh, some of the, you know, uh, uh, chain uh, benefit to, to TVB on their own online shops and also, you know, on the uh, TV series to be played in, in, the, in the mainland uh, going forward, etc. That's a heck of a gimmick when your share price goes up 200% Absolutely. in six trading days. And I mean, I guess there was the promise that they were going to do this and that bumped the share price. And now that they have actually launched it, um, it's it's kind of beyond gimmick. I mean, they're actually selling stuff. Yeah. Right? There's a lot of money moved changing hands. Yeah, they did one show uh, before the Women's Day and, you know, there, there are like three millions uh, uh, total total views and uh, 20-something million of, uh, uh, you know, uh, sales uh, through that program, it is not massive to be honest with the with the online market in in China, but it's a pretty, you know, decent start, I would say. Okay, well that's great. Well, thank you very much, both of you, for coming in today and shedding some light on the darkness. That's Enzio von File, wealth investment strategist, and Frederick Chu, managing director at Magnum Research, who were uh, telling us what's what in the markets.